0: aloha friends welcome to the boy mom podcast powered by christian parenting i am monica swanson mom to four boys podcast host and author of boy mom what your son needs most from you here on the podcast it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here.
1: I think thinking about the habits that we want to make or break for other people, it just adds a dimension. It makes it a little bit less selfish and a little bit more about Uh, the other people in our life, which I think is um, really an important dimension of habit formation.
0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. So glad to have you here with me, and I also am excited to be able to say Happy New Year. It is 2022, and I'm so excited to dive into this new year alongside of you. I hope to offer you lots of support and encouragement and inspiration here on the podcast in the months ahead. Now, I hope you had a great holiday season, and already last week we were aiming towards this new year as we had Kimberly Amici on talking about habits. And we're going to continue in that theme over the next couple of weeks because I love all things new year. I love a clean slate, a new calendar. And so I'm sharing some of my inspiration with all of you as I'm bringing a few best-selling authors on to motivate all of us. Because the way I see it is as moms, the more we are living with intention, living faithful lives, honoring God with our days, the more our kids are going to see that and they're going to rise up and want to live that way as well. So I think the best way to raise amazing kids is to live an amazing life in front of them, and then talk about it, share it with them, and really it all spills over from what we're doing. So today I've got Mark Batterson with me, can't wait to share him. He was on with us last year talking about his book, Win the Day, and um, now he is back. I know a lot of you really enjoyed listening to him last year. He is a pastor in Washington, D.C. He's a family man, and he is a New York Times bestselling author of a whole bunch of books. Today he's talking about his new book called Do It for a Day how to make or break any habit in 30 days. This is such good stuff to put into action. He gets really practical here. So whether or not you get his book, I think you're going to find some ideas that you can implement right away with your families. Now, Mark also has written a couple children's books alongside his daughter, So today we're going to touch on one of those books as well that I really love. So um, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Um, I don't want to take much more time. I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this podcast community. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends. You might take a screenshot on your phone of today's episode, share it to your stories on Instagram, or maybe text it to a friend. Let them know what we're doing out here because that's the best way to spread the word about the podcast and uh, just means so much to me. So can't wait to dive into this new year with all of you. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, let's listen to Mark Batterson and I talk about making and breaking new habits in the new year. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Mark, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast.
1: Well, it's good to be back. It's always fun to get a first invitation, Um, but a a second invitation, Monica, Uh. means that we had a pretty good (laughs) conversation the first time, so excited to be back.
0: We did. It was so much fun talking to you, and that was episode 87. So if people want to go back and hear us chatting about really a similar topic as to what we're going to be talking about today, but the two kind of build on each other. So I'm going to encourage people to go back to episode 87. Um, But before we dive into this topic that I've already told you before we hit record, I love this stuff. Like I could chat on the things you write about all day long. So first, tell us just a little about yourself and your family and what you do
1: yeah well I, i'm a husband to my wife laura uh we were high school sweethearts got uh, married two year, uh two weeks after graduating from college wow uh, and so we uh uh we celebrate uh, our 30th anniversary what? next year unbelievable time flies That's when you're having time. fun that yes. is and uh we've got three kids um Adult children, my oldest son Parker, 26. Uh, Summer, my daughter is recently married, she's 24. And then we have a 19 year old son, Josiah, who is in college. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be famous in my home. So I love being a husband, love being a dad. Um, During the day, I I do have a job. (laughs) but it's, it's a little bit more of a calling. I Mm have had the joy and privilege of pastoring national community church, uh, here in DC, the nation's capital, uh, for the past 25 years. And then Monica, I, I set my alarm clock early in the morning and, uh, get up and love to love to write, uh, Mm -hmm. books, feel like it's a calling. And so those are the things that keep me Pretty busy.
0: Okay, and how many books have you written to date? Well,
1: this is—I <laughs> uh, think we're at twenty-two. Um, wow. Yeah, about uh, I think eighteen of them would be your classic trade book, like uh, Chase the Lion or or the Circle Maker, or you know, a few or Win the Day, um, and then and then uh, gotten into some of these books for children, which is just a joy because those are some of my greatest memories as a father is just reading those, uh, those bedtime storybooks. So that's yes. kind of the, uh, the long and short of it.
0: And doing it with your daughter is like yes. extra, extra special. Yep. No so doubt. we're going to talk about your most recent book you wrote with your daughter here at the end, but okay, I'm just going to camp out a little bit more on your schedule because we're, we're talking habits and, and goals and dreams today. And you say you get up early to write. Now I'm working on writing a book and you might, if you're around my house, hear me talk all the time about how I just don't have time, but I have a feeling you're about to put me in my place. How early, is, <laughs> how early do you get up?
1: Well, I I mean I better say this first of all that we all have a a different chronotype I think is the technical you know term there are larks and there are owls and so Monica I do want to be careful here that there there are some people that go after their goals early in the morning and there are other people who do go after their goals late at night. Uh, mm-hmm. By discipline, I have become a morning person because I found that's the only time that I'm not going to get interrupted. So during a writing season, um, I'm usually uh, I'm usually writing by six a.m. Uh, having gotten up, and you know, I might uh, you know get my my uh, devotion time in. I might even uh-huh. get a little bit of exercise in. Okay. But, but then I'm, I'm up and at it because 90% of my creativity happens before noon and anything that I write afternoon, Monica, you probably don't want to read. Uh, it's yeah. not, not going <laughs> to be worth it because it's, it's, uh, yeah. most of my creativity happens in the morning.
0: Okay. Okay. That's good. I'm challenged, but that's, it could be worse, but I like that. I like that. No mornings, mornings are special. I love mornings as well, but okay. Well, last time you were on, we were talking about your book, Win the Day. And, uh, tell us maybe just a little background on that one and how that relates to your newest book. Do it for a day.
1: Yeah, well, you know, yesterday is history, tomorrow's mystery. You have to win the day. Whatever goal you're going after, you've got to break it down into uh, daily habits. And so seven habits in the book, uh, flip the script, kiss the wave, eat the frog, fly the kite, cut the rope, wind the clock, seed the clouds, Uh, pretty playful habits, but habits that you you need to cultivate um, with whatever goal you're going after. I felt, Monica, like there there was some uh, there was some meat left on the bone that I I mm-hmm. needed to follow this one up. And so I'm so excited um, because uh, do it for a day is additional content, but it really is a 30 day habit challenge. And so uh, the way I would frame it is. Uh, a number of years ago, I wrote a book about prayer called The Circle Maker, and I followed it up with a 40-day prayer challenge called Draw the Circle. And so this is sort of that same kind of thing that um, let, let's do a 30-day habit challenge. And uh, if you can do it for 30 days, wh- whatever that habit is, and I'm, you know, we can certainly talk about some of the specifics and mechanics, but. If you can do it for 30 days, I I think I got a a good shot at that habit becoming part of who you are.
0: Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I love that. And I love just setting a timeline there because it's one thing to drag it out and go, I'm going to get to that, but I love the 30 day element. So that is super cool. Now, would you say it's essential to read when the day before reading, do it for a day?
1: I don't think it's necessary. I, I think okay. when the day gives this kind of overall perspective, and and so it probably would enhance, but anybody could pick up, do it for a day. And day one, you're going to pick a habit, any habit, and, and it could be doing your age and ups It could be, uh, it, it could be uh, five minutes of meditation in the morning or a daily Bible reading plan or a gratitude journal, or, uh, you know, it could be any number of things you're going to pick a habit, any habit, and then we're going to stick at it for 30 days. And so it's kind of fun. The book isn't divided into chapters. It d- it's divided into days. And that's the key it's, it's about getting a winning streak going. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, anybody who's gone after any kind of goal is is probably nodding right now that Mm -hmm. you got to do it two days, three days, once you get it seven days in a row, you do it for two weeks. Now, you've got some momentum, and, and even a little bit of confidence that, okay, maybe I can do this thing. And so, um, that, that is the key. And and so the, the title really is a little bit of a double entendre because I, I like asking the question, Monica, can you do it for a day? Yeah, and, yeah. and I've never had anybody say no, like right. you can, you can do just about anything, anything. for uh-huh. a day. Yeah. And, and so if you can do it for a day, then, uh, the, the working theory of the book is, uh, almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough and smart enough. And so ho- hopefully that's, um, empowering. And then I try to back it up, uh, in a way that'll help people make or break those habits.
0: That is so good. It's, I love it. And at the beginning of the book, you have a manifesto. That's just so solid. I, maybe you'll let me put a part of that in our show notes. Cause it's Absolutely. just so good. Okay. So can you just maybe unpack this process a little bit for those of us, you know, this is coming out in the new year. Uh, I'm not a big resolution person, but goals are great and habits are so practical. Um, Unpack for us maybe a little bit about being one habit away from any goal you set. How does does one get started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, for, for what it's worth, um, I think it's seventy-five percent of um, New Year's resolutions fail within the first month. So I'm actually, I'm not a big believer in New Year's resolutions per se, unless you reverse engineer them into those daily habits. I think that that actually is the key. So w- what you have to do, we, we kind of start out in, and I call it 3M. You have to make those habits measurable, meaningful, and maintainable. And, and I kind of walk us through the process. So um, I, I'll give you an example. Um, getting into shape or getting out of debt,
0: <laughs>
1: those are yeah. hopes, not habits. Th- those are things that you want to see. Well, you have to get into, okay, does that mean I'm going to exercise 30 minutes a day, five days a week? Does that mean I'm going to do 10,000 steps a day? Like you have to define it or you have to map the miles, um, that you're going to run or on, on the debt side. Um, you, you actually have to budget it. You, you mm. have to, with every paycheck, you've got to pull out X amount <laughs> or X percentage. And mm-hmm. so you have to make it measurable. Uh, you have to make it meaningful. Uh, otherwise it's just extrinsic motivation and that's going to evaporate pretty quick. Um, and then finally the maintainable piece, like, I'm I'm a big believer that if you do little things like they're big things, God's going to do big things like they're little things. So I don't even think it has to be some huge habit that's going to take you three hours a day. Like, good luck with yeah. that. That's probably right. not going to work. It literally is, uh, it, it's breaking it down. So maybe Monica, maybe two examples. Um, this year, I always try to do an annual challenge. It's one way that mo- it motivates me to stay in shape. And so, um this year it was to bike a century, to do a 100-mile bike ride. Well, you you can't just go out and do no, that. No, it, no. You know, you you've got to have a plan. And so I had a 10-week plan and it told me how much time and how many miles I needed to to bike and how many times a week and I just worked the plan. Well, when when race day came um it wasn't easy but I was able to pull it off because I had 10 weeks of a plan and I trusted my training and I pulled it off um or spiritually speaking I, I try to read the Bible cover to cover every year in a different translation Ooh, and that's cool. yeah it's it's now, the Bible's a big book, um, which might, might've just been an understatement, Right, uh, 1,189 chapters to be exact, 66 okay. books. Well, right. I need a daily Bible reading plan if I'm going to pull that off. And so uh, what, what we try to do is just break it down, make it maintainable. And, and then you start to work the plan. And before you know it, um, wow, I've made some progress. Towards this goal because I'm working those daily habits. Okay, that's super cool.
0: And I think we all need that. And I like the idea of reverse engineering any resolutions because I do agree that, you know, they don't have to, you don't have to throw them all out, but coming up with what it takes to get there is huge. You say in your book that habit formation is as old as the Sermon on the Mount. And that of course piqued my interest. I was like, what in the world? And I love how you talked about that. So tell us, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. Well, for starters, habit formation is spiritual formation and spiritual formation is habit formation. So Mm -hmm. here's my take on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I, I, I could use fancy words. Uh, from seminary, like the six antitheses, you know, G- Jesus says, "Jesus says, um, you have heard that it was said," referencing kind of Old Testament teaching. But, but I tell you, he he was he was uninstalling these um, Old Testament default settings, and in a sense, uh, reconditioning and reinstalling. Uh, almost like a, uh, an upgrade or a download. And, and, but I see them, Monica, as actually six counter habits. And, and I would describe them this way. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile and give the shirt off of your back. Those would be the six, um, counter habits, okay.
0: That, that that. come
1: out of the Sermon on the Mount. And so when we start to do that, that's a game changer. Like I, I just think this is a moment where those who follow Jesus need to stand in the gap as peacemakers, grace givers, and tone setters. Like we, we, we have a different operating system yes. and, uh, oh, I and love that. You... but they are habits. They are habits. And that, that I think is key. And, and so Sure, a guy named B.F. Skinner, this uh, this psychologist, kind of came up with stimulus, response, and reward. We call it the habit cycle, and it's you know it's great research. And I think the science of habit formation has come a long way. Mm-hmm. But but he this, didn't invent this,
0: it. <laughs> he he was did not costing. invent it. You
1: know, <laughs> is it possible that Jesus knew something about this before B.F. Skinner came along? Well, the answer is yes. And so it's funny that if you really look at the sermon on the mount this way you, you see how Jesus will take the stimulus like like a slap on the cheek for example mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and he will then um change the response and hey the the natural reaction is to slap back but let's change the response and turn the other cheek and so it really is fascinating um that that uh it is it's genius, uh, when you really understand it and, and read it in that way. Oh, that's so cool. I I just think that's really
0: interesting to think about and love, um, Love that. And I want that list on my wall. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you talk about how habits aren't just about us as individuals, but about loving God and loving others. And what I loved here is really you talk about how habits have a legacy. Now for all of us, raising boys, raising kids out there, um, tell us what you mean about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we think about habit formation as being a very, individualistic um enterprise and, mm-hmm. and on one level mm-hmm. it is you know sure. I, I know that that your son is a surfer for example so I, I can only imagine how much time he has spent on the board no one else can do that for him so yes i mean a lot of habit formation is you cultivating um those habits yourself but, but there's a huge motivation when we understand that we aren't just making or breaking habits for me, myself, and I. We're doing it for our spouse. For, th- there are habits that you need to make or break for your kids, that you need to make or break for the third and fourth generation. And I'll give a simple example. My, my dad, before I was born, my dad was a chain smoker. And he made a decision to quit cold turkey, which that is not easy. No, no. But part of what motivated him is he wasn't just mm. doing it for himself. He was doing mm. it for his kids Yeah. and it added a level of motivation. And so I think thinking about the habits that we want to make or break for other people, it just adds a dimension. It makes it a little bit less selfish and a little bit more about uh, the other people in our life, which I think is um, really, uh, really an important dimension of habit yeah. formation.
0: No, that's huge. It's a, it's a motivator, I think, too, for us as parents, especially knowing that our kids are most likely to become like us. You know, it's not about what we say, it's about what we do. And another thing I would love for you to touch on, um, because it jumped out at me, is that you talk about the anxiety prompt. And can you just talk about the habit cycle and how Christians can interrupt that anxiety prompt using their authority in Christ? I love this.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I I think Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So there's no way that you're not going to experience fear or stress mm. or anxiety mm-hmm. like th- those are a natural reaction to the situations in our lives the question is what do we do with them do do we let the anxiety spiral as we fixate on thoughts that maybe don't point us in the right direction or do we turn them into prayer and and i'll make this Super practical. I I think we have a tendency to naturally pray for the people that we love the most. I mean, that just feels like a easy expression. What I have learned, Monica, is you've got to pray for the people that, frankly, you like the least. Mm. That that get under your skin. <laughs> that are extra grace required. That yeah. maybe you know. There's just a your personalities don't mesh. Whatever it is, I, I think. You have to make it a habit to pray for the people. And and then I would expand this and say, don't just watch the news, pray the news. uh, Otherwise, it's a little depressing. Like, I I think you've got to be proactive and play offense and find a way that uh, you, you can leverage what is happening in your life, turn it into prayer and then it begins to redeem those things. And so mm, if you're in a funny. season where you feel really anxious, guess mm-hmm. what? Your potential for prayer just went up because you're going to have to spend a little bit more time praying, a little bit more time on your knees, a little bit more time interceding. And so it's all about leveraging those things and really turning them into positive habits. And and I, I will say this, the, the best way to break a bad habit is to make a good habit. It's it's habit switching, and it's one piece of the puzzle, and something that you know as as folks go through the 30 day habit challenge, uh, they're going to find some practical ways that they can habit stack and habit switch, and hopefully uh, break some of those bad habits with some good habits.
0: I love that so much and then you also talk about habit stacking um, so that was habit switching you also talk in the book about habit stacking can you give us a quick peek at what that's referring to
1: yeah w- when I get up in the morning my my office is right above the coffee house that mm-hmm. we own and operate here on Capitol Hill and so yeah. I-, I usually get a small latte two shots uh, of espresso and I do my daily Bible reading plan while I while I drink that, that latte, because the Bible reads even better with caffeine. That would be (laughs) a simple (laughs) example, but, but I'll give another practical one. You know, um, a lot of people over the last two years, um, I've heard a lot of people kind of binging on their favorite, uh, Netflix series Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. show. And, and I get that. I, I am, I occasionally am guilty as charged. I may find a series that, wow, I, I, it's hard to stop watching it. Well, what if you leverage that and hop on a stationary bike or hop on a treadmill? And so you, you're exercising while you watch it. And that that kind of is your reward. It's finding ways to couple uh, habits that can be hard to cultivate with different routines or rituals. Mm-hmm. And, and then... One of the other things that I talk about in the book is a commitment device. And we already talked about the alarm clock, but we don't just use it to wake up. Um, we we just went through a, a 30-day habit challenge. And for my wife and I, the challenge was actually uh, kneeling together and praying for our kids at night. Well, guess what? It was Laura's alarm that saved us a time oh. or two or three. That you you can set your alarm for different things. You can. And you just find a way to make it part of the routine of life. It only all it requires is intentionality. And and I know that's easier said than done, but there is a way to do this if you employ a commitment device.
0: I love that. Yeah. Just recently my husband didn't even know he did it, but somehow set a little chime to go off at supposedly bedtime. And it is really good because it reminds us like every morning we're like, we need to go to bed earlier. (laughs) And so it's so good. I hear that chime and I'm like, oh yes, there we go. So, oh, that is so good. We don't have time to go into too much more, but I will mention that I love that you bring up examples of people who have used habit formation. You have Benjamin Franklin, Winston Churchill, Teddy Roosevelt. So that's fun to draw from um, people who you know maybe didn't have the same language for it even but were're setting mm-hmm. an example in this way, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely I in Monica on that note, I love science, I love history, I love psychology, I love neurology. I love it all. Um, I think what's unique about this particular book because there are so many books on habit formation, I try to add theology to the mix because uh, the Holy Spirit is key when it comes to making and breaking habits, and, and that is the, the X factor, the it factor, and I, I think that is going to make all the difference in the world as we try to make and break these habits.
0: Right, and and like you already mentioned, anything that man has discovered or figured out, I mean, God's the creator, right? He set it all into motion, and I, I love to recognize how genius he is when you stumble upon some new concept in psychology or how our brain works. It's like, yeah, this is all God. So I yes, love it. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Oh, so much good stuff. Okay, before we close, I want to talk a little bit about the books you have written with your daughter, which I just love. Last year you were with me, and we talked about God speaks. Whispers, which was awesome. But now you have a new book together called The Blessing of You. Can you tell us a little about that?
1: Yeah, it it just, it puts a smile on my face (laughs) because those are holy moments when you're reading to young children and they're so impressionable. And I think the hope and prayer for this book, Monica, is one, uh, children are not too young to learn the language of gratitude, to, to develop the attitude of gratitude. And so much of that has to do with focus. And so the, the beginning of the book is really teaching kids um, through beautiful illustrations uh, to discover the blessings that are all around them all the time. But then uh, there's this wonderful moment where a, a little girl looking in the mirror, um, realizes that she is the blessing, that that you are the blessing to other people. And that becomes um, pretty fun if kids can understand that they're meant to be a conduit of blessing. And sometimes that's saying a kind word or just something, a a thoughtful deed, whatever that is, sharing Mm -hmm. your lunch or just you know, who's sitting by themselves at the, at the lunch table and sitting next to them. It's these little ways that even at a young age, we can begin to be a blessing to the people around us.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. Do you have that page or that excerpt in front of you? Cause if not, I do, I would love to read just that little short, uh, clip from your book. Should I read it or do you have it there? Yeah,
1: you I want to hear you read (laughs) it. I was gonna say I think
0: it'd be better coming from you, but I don't want to tell you you what,
1: you you start so that I make sure that I know what page you're on. Okay, and then maybe I'll try to finish it.
0: Okay, I've got (laughs) if you'll open your eyes to the joys all around, so many blessings wait to be found. Then look in the mirror. What do you see? You are the blessing. I hope you'll agree. And then there's one more line
1: you got it God uses your hands. God uses your heart in his plan to bless others. You play a huge part. Ah, so good. (laughs) The whole book.
0: It is awesome. There's so much more I could say about both of your books, but I'm just going to encourage people to get them. And Mark, I appreciate your time so much. If people want to just find you and follow you online, where can they go?
1: Yeah, markbatterson.com. And then, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, just my name, Mark Batterson, and uh, would love to be able to connect there. And Monica, thanks so much. Absolute joy uh, having another wonderful conversation about what we uh, care about the most. Yeah, And uh, just uh, a joy to be with you.
0: Well, thank you so much. We'll stay in touch and hope to have you back again soon. So God bless. Aloha. Alright, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Hope you got a little bit pumped up for making new habits in the new year. And there will be links to everything we mentioned over in show notes, which you can find at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 139. All right. Thanks for being here. Look forward to growing with you in 2022. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.